0: This is Nick Law, and you're listening to the Hot Forward podcast, getting you ahead in the brewing and beer business. Hotforward.beer is a podcast and website dedicated to the beer industry, supporting budding beer entrepreneurs by gaining insights from experienced brewers and folk within the crap beer industry. So grab a glass, pour yourself a beer, and let's get into this week's episode. Hello beer and brewery professionals, welcome to another lock-in on the Hot 4 podcast. I'm sure some of you fellow brewers will appreciate what it's like having pests in your brewery from time to time, whether it's rodents or overzealous camera members or that guy, you know, that guy, the one that has travelled the length and breadth of the country, regardless whether it's a lockdown or not, on the hunt for beer mats, pump clips, keg badges, labels, bottle caps, and just about anything and everything they can get their grubby little hands on. Well, in a similar vein, we have builders, which if you know anything about having builders, you'll appreciate the analogy. So if you can hear the sounds of grinding, hammering, or jubilant renditions of the Beatles' classics and back catalogue in the background being sung from the terrace rooftops of Sheffield, then you'll know what that is. Because I'm sure many of you, like me, are working from home. Now, I'm used to working from home, so for me this isn't a a massive upheaval, albeit I'm finding having my kids around 24-7 means that LEGO construction is up 57% this quarter and I have less time on my hands than ever before. But for many in life, it isn't the same as it was. Furlough brewers or even staff that have been laid off, people without tech skills being thrust into setting up and running e-commerce stores or bolting the pub doors for the last time in God knows only how long. Things look different now. And while many people hope that things will quote-unquote go back to normal by the end of the summer, I'm not sure we can go back to how things were. We all want to turn our draft taps back on by summer. We want the beer to flow out the brewery doors. Well, well, (laughs) not literally. Um, We want to have a business to go back to. We all want our troops home by Christmas. That's what they used to say at the start of the First World War. Be over by Christmas. But things aren't going to go back to normal. Whatever the new normal is remains to be seen. For now, as individuals, as a collective society and as Brewery and beer professionals listening to this podcast at this moment in time were sitting in a moment of disorientation and some more than others. I've, I've talked to plenty of people over the last few weeks for whom their life has literally been turned upside down and they're trying to make sense of this new landscape they find themselves navigating. There'll come a time of reorientation, a time to reimagine what the industry looks like this side of that, how... Beer drinking and consumer habits will look in a brave new world. What will credit terms mean? Will credit terms even be a thing? I've even seen those discussions already happening online. But that's not now. Right now, we stay at home. We do what we can from the comfort of our barricade, where that's possible, and we just allow ourselves to to feel it and to drink lots of good beer a Monday afternoon <laughs> Well maybe not that last one Be, be sensible folks um, But without sounding like some kind of Inspirational speaker Which by the way I couldn't pull off Because I haven't got slicked back hair Well hell I haven't got any hair um, But good will come out of all this The greater good The greater good I mean And I've I've seen good things emerge Already over the last few weeks And here's an example to illustrate my point I know as well as you do what it's like working in a brewery or a bar or running a business of some description. There's always a million things to do all the time. Whether it's acid washing yeast, digging out mash turn cleaning lines, ordering stock, loading deliveries onto the van, going through invoices, doing the mailing list, phoning customers. It really is Endless. Too many brewers, bars, and businesses in the past have said to me, Oh, I haven't got the time, money, resources to build a web shop and handle the orders. It's not worth it. I'm too busy. So let's imagine, say, I don't know, an infectious disease overtakes the planet and there's a global lockdown, meaning you lose a load of guaranteed sales from large pack. All of a sudden, those of us who are too busy seem to pull it out of the bag and develop an online shop to sell beers to customers. And then what happens? The locals, your customers, hear the battle cry or the SOS, depending on how you view the situation. That's a conversation for another time. And buy your beers. Now, small pack isn't the long term solution to this problem. And having a market flooded all at once with small pack has created other challenges for brewers and bottle shops, which we'll discuss at another time. But I've always been surprised at the volume of brewers who don't add to their bottom line by selling directly to consumers and build brand allegiance in this way. Again, this is a complex issue in and of itself and it would be good to explore. If any of our listeners actually want to shed light on this, feel free to contact me and maybe we can do an episode together or jump on the Hot Forward Facebook group and let's continue the discussion there. Lots to talk about around that issue but we're operating in a very different world for the time being and we'll re-emerge in a brand new one in weeks, months, years even, down the line where the landscape's going to look very different. Now, I'm sure you've had your pint glass filled daily with the constant COVID-19 news cycle, but we find ourselves where we find ourselves and I've been trying to figure out how to take the Hot Ford podcast forward to find balance in this turbulent season I've decided that most weeks where I'm sure I'll make reference to it in this pre-show amble um, at least for the time being I'm going to be plowing on with the episodes I've already got in the bag and I've got some great episodes lined up this includes a mini series um, that I was working on called the under beer belly of a hashtag brewer's life investigating some of the topics we shy away from often in beer such as alcoholism sexism mental health and treatment in the workplace. We've got a great episode lined up with Rachel Reynolds from London's Redchurch Brewery and Lottie Petlow from the Brewers Association talking about craft beer in America. And we talked to Sieber and Scottish brewers Ride Brew Co. and Lochleven Brewery about the deposit return scheme. That is a slow train heading down the tracks that you need to be aware of. But this week I wanted to turn the podcast over to some of our listeners to share in their own words the challenges and the positives that are coming out of the current climate for their business and for the wider industry. We explore the supply chain speaking to brewers, bars and bottle shop owners and suppliers to get a flavour, perspective, and overview of what is happening out there whilst we're all in isolation. I really hope this gives you some encouragement and ideas. From our perspective at Hot Forward, uh, here's a few ideas. We've, I say we, it's the royal we, by the way. Hot Forward is a company of one. uh, Come up with, (laughs) we've, me and the missus, have come up with during this season... Firstly, head over with us for a virtual pint at the thewinchester.hotforward.beer and sign up for our free beer business survival kit if you haven't already. You'll get seven mini podcast episodes exploring personal and business development for you and your brewery, your bar or your beer business at this time. Make sure you follow us on the socials at Hot Forward Beers and our website hotforward.beer and we've launched a new Facebook group as well where we'll be delivering fresh new content for you to feast on, do some live streaming with special guests and a whole bunch more. So search for Hot Forward in the Facebook groups and put your request in and I'll do my best to add you ASAP. Finally, as you're aware, the Hot 4 podcast is usually sponsored by a supplier to the beer industry whose generous support helps keep the show on the road. But I felt for a season that I wanted to help some of our brewery listeners and supporters out. So I'm going to be giving some brewery shout outs on the show for people that I've been personally impacted by in the industry, uh, breweries that I respect and I want to support and beers that I've enjoyed in the hope that you will share the love and support them too, perhaps trying a new beer or two from some of the breweries that are now selling online. Some of these will come from me and some of us to come directly from the brewery. So I'm going to try and do three brewery shout-outs a week, otherwise we'll be here all day. Uh, So the first brewery shout-out this week goes to Glasgow's Ride Brew Co. I've known Div for several years and I think he makes some absolutely cracking beers. And he supports those with disabilities through the brewery. So he's here to tell you in his own words a little bit about Ride Brew Co. and how you can order some of these fantastic beers. This is Dave from Ride Brewing Co. and you're listening to Hop Forward.
1: One of the best beer podcasts out there. We are a social enterprise brewery based in Glasgow. There's three of us. Sadly, we're down to one because the other two are both high risk. So it's kind of me on my own. We're still brewing 50 litre batches. That's a train going overhead because we are actually in a railway arch. Um, and we're doing some stuff just to keep our shelves ticking over. Our online sales are really good. So if you go onto our website, rightbrewing.co.uk, and you want to order anything, I've created a
2: coupon for all the Hop Forward listeners. So the coupon code is hop forward, and you'll get an awesome 10% off your order. And it'd be awesome if you did help us keep going. That's great.
1: Enjoy the rest of the podcast.
0: Oh, dear Flanagan, melting my heart with such kind words. Uh, make sure you go to their website and order his beers. I had one at X. It was like a dry gin London sour. It was really, really good. So make sure you buy some of their beers Okay, the next brewery shout-out is for Utopian Brewing. Now, you may have heard me talking about Utopian on the podcast last week. Uh, Utopian Brewing is a dedicated lager brewery making some awesome beers using 100% UK ingredients and traditional European brewing techniques. They've got a core range of four beers, uh, premium British lager, which is a clean, smooth Heller style, an unfiltered version of the British lager, a crisp clean pilsner and a rich and delicious Dunkel style dark lager which I have to say is my personal favourite and they also brew a range of seasonal lagers and have a Maybok in tank with a barrel aged version being released as an Oktoberfest beer. Oh sounds great. Keep your eyes peeled for details of an online launch and tasting of the Maybok coming soon. You can buy their beers online at utopianbrewing.com forward slash shop. That's utopianbrewing.com forward slash shop and follow them on all the socials at Team Utopian. And get this, if you use the code HOPFORWARD, they'll give you free shipping for orders over £20, which saves you £6.95 if you order 12 beers or more. So it pays off to listen to the HOPFORWARD podcast. So that's utopianbrewing.com forward slash shop and use the code HOPFORWARD. Finally, I wanted to give a shout out to East London's Red Church Brewery. Uh, next week, we have a fantastic interview lined up for you, which I recorded at Brew London with operations manager, Rachel Reynolds, who works for the brewery pre and post administration. So she's going to shed light on the whole crowdfunding saga from their point of view as staff. It's a really, really, really interesting story um so i wanted to give a little shout out to them because i enjoyed their beers when i went to brew london uh you can check them out if you've not had any of their beer before it's redchurch.beer forward slash shop that's redchurch.beer forward slash shop and they did like a blood orange gozer i think i think you can order it online from their shop which was absolutely delicious as was their lager as well so make sure you go to redchurch.beer forward slash shop that's redchurch.beer forward slash shop go buy their beers if you've not tried them before and keep your ears peeled for that episode next week really excited to be sharing that episode with you guys right brewery shout outs over for one week um so it's over to you guys the listeners to share the stories firsthand from an industry in lockdown from grain to glass uh, the beer heroes pulling together First up, we talked to Carl Morris from Rotherham based Oast House Engineering. With the explosion of small pack into the market, Carl and his team have found the opposite that many in the hospitality sector have faced, in that orders have come flooding in. However, as sales start to calm, cash flows start to dwindle, and government guidelines about working from home become more stringent, where does that leave a supplier in the trade in these unprecedented times? I caught up briefly with Carl last week. To discuss how house, house engineering are weathering the storm. So I'm I'm with Carl Morris from Oost House Engineering in, in Rotherham, right? Yep. So you're not too far from in fact if I I'm in my daughter's bedroom, so if I stand um and look out the window, I, I can just about see Rotherham from where I am in Sheffield. So <laughs> um so yeah, tell me a bit about Oast House and what, what you do there and how this whole pandemic is affecting you kind
3: of at the top of the or towards the top of the supply chain? So we supply uh, consumables to the drinks manufacturers, basically. Empty cans, can ends, bottling machines, canning lines, consumables, and peripheral equipment to do with that. So as you can imagine, all of a sudden the orders have just disappeared. Everybody wants to borrow one. Nobody's prepared to buy one. Funny that. (laughs) Yeah, strange, isn't it? Um but the can supply side of things has exploded. Everybody's trying to get into cans and fast. So the last couple of weeks it's been really busy, but now we've seen a sudden decline in those orders. Right. The people the people that were preparing have already prepared and they've taken them. So now it's it's properly dropped off. It's it's really low volume wise.
0: So if everyone's kind of scrambling into can, what what yeah. does what does that mean for the rest of the sort of downstream uh, supply chain?
3: There is no downstream supply chain for keg and cask. There, is, there's nowhere. There's no outlets available to that. You know, all the pubs and clubs have closed, yeah, so yeah. and keg are just. You know, it's wasted now. If it's already out there, it's gone. So they've got to be in small pack.
0: So with with, with all the small pack being flooded into the market, um, I mean, of which because I, I mean, there are so many brewers that have yeah. literally gone to market in in small pack, um, and, and flooded it. I mean how how do you envision then um people moving forward because it's kind of like all of a sudden people will probably start spending less um and they'll still all have have all these cans and stuff and then how 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 will that in turn affect you guys
3: uh, that's it. yeah how long is a piece of string you know we don't know we we it's all guesswork and assumption but at least if they are in small pack it gives them an opportunity to tick over you know just to maintain some form of income coming through i know some of the supermarkets aldi and morrison's morrison's are paying on delivery and aldi have dropped their terms to 30 days i think to help the small business so you know they're they're buying what they can because supplies are scarce you know there's there's a shortage in supply people have stopped panic panic buying toilet roll they're now panic buying beer which in some respects is a good thing you know (laughs) for us anyway but it'll it'll it, we're going to lose some breweries for yeah. sure. There's gonna there's going to be a certain level of you know breweries that don't make it through because they are predominantly cask and keg led. The ones the ones that are already into small pack and packaging have a better chance because they have a supply chain deal. You know they're already into the supermarkets. The ones that are looking to get into the keg now cans now sorry at least have a fighting chance the web shops there's, there's web shops popping up all over and people are, are supporting the small ones it seems to be at this time so what what are some
0: of the unique challenges as a supplier that you're having to contend with day today throughout
3: this crisis cash flow cash flow cash flow cash flow we can get the stock in we can get the stock out it's getting the money back for it yep you know, people people are watching what they spend down to the penny. Yeah. We have certain customers that are on credit, existing customers, and you know, we really have to push hard to get that money in now. They don't want to part with it.
0: Yeah. And I should imagine throughout the entire supply chain, that's that's the case, isn't it? Every, yeah. Everyone's yeah. kind Everybody's of like- Everybody's
3: in the same boat. Yeah. Everybody's in the same boat. People, people aren't paying. I mean, there's a big thing on the internet today, <clears throat> One of the larger retail chains has just suddenly decided that they're not paying any customers until this is all over. You know that's a massive knock-on effect. Wow,
0: good. I'd not heard that. That's crazy. Goodness me. I mean, so what? What about when? It, when? Um, with? I mean, you were saying before hit record about like your um, your employees. Like you know what's um, because it's all been all these promises that have been put out there in a big kind of Churchill-esque sweeping. Oh. Uh, statement yeah, it's, it's, but everyone's like okay where, where is it then <laughs> and there's like yeah. nothing 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 nothing
3: nothing you know so it's, it is literally all promise and no delivery at this stage the interest-free loan that was what was it three weeks ago now they announced that yeah. nearly uh, the the facility for accessing that is not in place we've we've contacted our bank you know we're on the list but it's not ready to go yet so there's no interest-free loan available uh, the rates, that's purely hospitality, leisure and retail, nothing for supply chain or manufacturing. Anybody who's running a factory gets nothing, you know, that's yeah. it. Although they've closed down our route to market, which is the pubs, clubs, socials, you know, centres, there's nothing feeding back to us. It's just purely for the retail side of it.
0: Yeah. Well, that- I guess that's the thing, isn't it? Because it's like if you if you know, it's all I'm going to say to people, you need to work from home, and I, and I do get it, and I do totally get that advice and why they're being told that. But if you're in a factory, it's it's very it's not a remote
3: digital yeah. business, is it? You know, you've got to no. be physically be somewhere and physically make something. Yeah, we are handling physical goods that we're packaging and shipping out to customers, so we have to load them on a forklift. You can't do that from home. You know, you can't load a lorry from home. You can't pack stuff from home. Yeah. We have, the accountant can work from home, although she is off sick at the moment, but basically that's it, you know. The accountant can work from home, brilliant. Goodness. Everybody else has got to be here.
0: So how how are you, again, I know this might be a hard question to answer, but how, how are you intending at the moment with the way things are on sort of weathering the storm?
3: Day by day. It's purely, you know, we're looking at the sales. We've had, the last two weeks have been really busy, so it's been great because everybody's been busy. But as the orders start to dwindle, then we need to start looking at, you know, which staff do we bring in? Do we lay furlough staff in the interim? You know, we don't know. We just don't know. We don't know how it's going to go. It could stay busy. It could just die a death. Yeah. Yeah. Which point, you know, everybody's furloughed. We all go home, and that's it.
0: So, what's your one hope for the supply chain going forward after after all this? Like, you know, where do you see? Um, I know, obviously, you work with lots of different drinks businesses, but what um, in, 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 this podcast is about the the beer and brewing side of it. Um, where do you see the beer industry heading after all this?
3: Uh, it's it's gonna it's gonna shrink for sure. The, the industry as a whole will shrink because, like I said, there will be s- the smaller brewers, they're going to disappear quite rapidly because they don't, just don't have you know, the funds to maintain this. The government's made the promises. They're all good promises, but they're just not in place. There's, there's, they're not there. It's all wind yep. and pits, to be frank. The thing that the brewers need to do, basically, is they need to be able to brew. That's where their revenue is generated from. If they're brewing, they then need to be able to sell the product that they're brewing, you know? Even if it's just small scale, like rationalize the brew plan, you know, just do the core brand. Instead of doing 5,000 litres, do 1,000 litres, do 500 litres, but just get it into a form of package that you can then sell it to the customers directly, you know? Even if it's just a 5-litre plastic tub and they come to the brewery and you fill it for them. Yeah. You know, just give them an outlet to get some revenue through. Coming
0: out of this period, let, let's say again, I know it's crystal ball, how long is a piece of string and all that. But like, um what, what would you hope to see from a from a positive point of view, as, as positive as a as a Yorkshireman can be? Um yeah. which is most of the glasses my glass isn't half empty, it is empty. <laughs> I say that as a fellow Yorkshireman, but um, like what what's the one hope going forward for the beer industry like what do you hope will come out of all this that's going to be good and positive for british beer the, the,
3: the good and positive at the moment is that people are, are helping each other you know they're sticking together if somebody can help out they are doing they're sharing ingredients they're sharing you know yeasts if they've got them in stock and someone needs them and they can't get hold of them they're sharing it Th- that's a positive they're working together, they're helping out where they can. I mean, we're supplying people where we can. We're, we're sort of rationing the stock a little bit so that everybody gets a share of that rather than just, you know, one big customer with deep pockets buying the whole of the stock and walking away with it. Yes, We're not doing it that way. We're looking after the customers that we've got. Yeah. So that is a positive, but it's how long you can sustain it. You know, coming coming back to the glass half-empty, um the government's made promises to help, but they're only for a certain sector. they're not what they can what we can access allegedly is not accessible. You know they're still charging duty on the beers. They could they could just write that off, you know, and just say right, we're going to halt the duty payment. Simple, straightforward, doesn't need a computer system, doesn't need anything about it. it's just straightforward, done. you know that would be great. Something, something along the line to help the smaller guys. The big guys are safe anyway. They've got deep pockets and big plan. You know, mm. they can weather the storm. It's, it's the guys like that, that we are dealing with that are struggling. Yeah, I get that. But well,
0: th- thanks for sharing your thoughts with us, um, Carl. Have you, have you got any other reflections just before we end?
3: Oh, I've got lots, but none of them are broadcast. <laughs> 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 I'm not well Michelle. Brilliant, thank you. No, no, we'll we'll stay here as long as we can. That's all we can do.
0: The middle of the supply chain is the heart and soul of the beer industry, its brewers. Taking the raw materials from suppliers, brewing and packaging it, and then taking it to market, many brewers find themselves stuck between a rock and a hard place. For those, as you'll hear, who already had an e-commerce store, pivoting their business model to small pack has paid off as consumers have taken in droves to support their favourite breweries. Others, mainly exclusively cash producing brewers, may not be so fortunate or quick off the mark. Either way, sales for both large pack focused and small pack producing breweries are down. Here we talk to Sienna O'Rourke from Pressure Drop and Columbia Cryan from Round Corner Brewing for their insights on how their businesses have been affected during the coronavirus outbreak.
4: Hiya, my name is Sienna O'Rourke and I work for Pressure Drop Brewery in London. I look after our direct retail, um, e-commerce, our marketing and social media. You may have seen me on Instagram in the last couple of weeks. Uh, COVID-19 has really drastically affected our business as I'm sure it has for most breweries in the UK and and elsewhere. Um, uh, Roughly about 50% of our business was pubs and, and draft beer. Um, a large percentage of that going to distributors as well. Uh, so, so overnight that kind of dried up pretty much, um, as well as the closure of our bar that we share with Verdant, the experiment, um, and our taproom as well. It's a pretty massive change in the way that we've had to do business but I feel like we were quite well placed to make a sort of quick pivot. Um, We have an e-commerce platform that we've been running for about a year um, with quite a lot of success uh, and we were able to sort of just swing straight into that. So uh, the online shop sales increased by about 600% in that first week um, which was great. Uh, So our focus now is to put as much emphasis into that direct retail to take up the rest of those sales that we've lost um, as well as supporting uh, bottle shops who are still able to trade. Now, we're completely aware and, and devastated that a lot of people who are in this industry um, have been forced to close because of the lockdown, um, namely pubs. Uh, and so we wanted to do something that to support those venues, while at the same time being able to supply their patrons with our Beer Direct. Um, so we instigated a program called Pay It Forward, where if you buy 15 cans, which is a full shipping case um, on our web store, you can nominate the pub of your choice or, or, or retailer anyone who's been affected by the by the lockdown, uh, and we'll apply £25 in credit to their account. Um, it's a sort of small gesture, but, uh, one that we think will bring some benefit to those venues who have been forced to close. Um, in terms of what else we're doing on site, we've been kind of lucky that we have this online retail boom Um, but we have slowed right down in production and we're just kind of trying to keep track of demand Um, as everyone knows this situation is changing daily so it's it's really hard to sort of predict what the trends are going to be so you know we've we've slowed right down on production um, and held quite a bit in tank and we're just packaging as and when we need but I think we're going to start doing some more brewing this week because we're about to run out of beer which is a good position to be in. One thing that I hope for the future is that the distributors are able to recover from from this situation, uh, because it kind of feels like uh, a lot of them are gonna miss out on some of the grant money. And um, we wanna do what we can to work with distributors to make sure they can bounce back as well. Um, We have quite a bit of outstanding credit Uh, with distributors at the moment so it it is a tricky thing to navigate because we obviously need to make sure that we're able to maintain cash flow in our own business so that we can pay our staff and continue brewing beer. Um, And I don't really know what the answer is going forward but uh, that is something that I really think as an industry we need to figure out how to how to make sure the distributors um, are able to pull through this. Uh, That's about it for me. All right thanks guys. (coughs)
1: Hello there, my name is Comby Cryan, I'm the co-founder and CEO of Round Corner Brewing. Uh, Today is Wednesday the 25th of March, why do I mention the date? Uh, well I'm here today to discuss about COVID-19, the impact on our business and our industry and really the date is is a very important anchor point in any of this discussion because things change very rapidly. Uh, I think it's probably useful to profile our business uh, in terms of what impact it has because uh, breweries may change uh, impacts based on what businesses they have but we're a small brewery, only opened in December 2018, very quality focused uh, but with many decades of brewing experience. We have a brewery a successful tap room we distribute directly via wholesalers into several hundred pubs and venues mainly across the east midlands and also work with online sales routes uh, you know such as honest brew and beer hawk and and the like we employ about seven people directly Uh, well we employ seven people directly and then we have another similar number of people that we have on contracts with other people Uh, but probably equally important to all of that is we support hundreds of other local businesses we're rooted inside a uh a market in melton mowbray that's a thousand years old that has hundreds of food businesses that we work hand in hand with and all of us are suffering from this and um, so in terms of the direct impacts of of COVID 19 on our business it's really stopped us in our tracks in the same ways it has for a lot of other businesses left us with no pub trade our share debtors problems uh, you know we're making decisions obviously uh, as things go in terms of um, closing initially our tap room and then our takeout business and then kind of moving through to delivery which is where we're at now uh, and we really base that on government advice and and our own knowledge uh, we have Colin my co-founder who's uh, several decades of a multinational experience in in manufacturing which helps in this situation our revenues were dominated by our, our draft business into pubs and clubs in our tap room that's obviously disappeared and so we we're operating under an assumption that uh, that business, w- you know, will continue to suffer. Um- and that our production plans, as a result, have been halted, and we're just really doing brews to to order. Um, we've put chunks of the business and our costs into suspended animation, uh, and really, we can only do that with the support of some of our amazing staff. Uh, you know, we sat down with them and discussed, uh, you know, about our desires to be in business for a long time and what it means in the short term, and we're very grateful for that. Um, uh, and we're splitting our time then over this kind of fallow period into. Uh, you know getting things in hibernation but also taking advantage of any tactical opportunities like we have a deliveries business that's really done well and we'll continue to operate that so long as it's safe and then small pack orders but really planning for the future and executing for the other side is is really important Um, we're probably lucky in that that we're relatively well capitalized and kind of financially savvy uh, you know so but it will take all our ingenuity to really thrive on the other side of this so in terms of what that means or what going forward you know we view keeping our customers really close for now this deliveries thing that we've had that we run which is a kind of no touch uh, uh, knock and drop service uh, for our kind of growlers uh, and we industrially clean each growler etc has been tremendously good for developing goodwill uh, you know I think one of the things that will occur over the periods of isolation uh, for people is that um, you know that that they'll they'll be isolated a lot of this talk really now is about basics of you know whether it's toilet roll or other elements like that uh, but to actually be able to deliver very amazing you know uh, we call it uncommonly good beer to people and give them something to delight their kind of uh, occasionally very monotonous days uh, engenders a huge amount of, of of love for people you know in our product and what we do and we continue to do that um, it, you know so it, it, in terms of that's probably the most basic thing in our online shop does the same but really planning for the future being the important one uh, in terms of the kind of broader sector outside of us you know I think the independent sector will clearly need to I- innovate supermarkets will become I'm a former banker will become a bit like banks were uh, in the post financial crisis incredibly lucrative, important etc so all the things that government might put in place uh, you know may actually end up benefiting the very people you know that uh, 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 you know that for sort of the independent beer sector might not feel like the best long term solution so supermarkets will be very well funded uh uh you know, very uh, uh sort of keen to do more business on the back of this. And so, um, you know, from, from our point of view as an independent beer sector, we'll need to be very clear about what attracts people to our offerings, what differentiates those uh uh you know from the general liquids that might be available in supermarkets. Uh I, I think as part of that, we can never really lose sight of quality. Uh, uh be local and authentic. You know, we found certainly our local customers incredibly loyal to us, and we certainly see the numbers coming out. From around the country that that's the same I think being principled through very tough times is really important there will be a lot of debts uh, you know but we we won't be amongst them but we have a lot of debts out with people we understand that but um, the actions that people take to survive in the short term across you know debts how you treat your staff etc like that will resonate much longer and be much more transparent in the future and so how you behave has consequences and you know certainly we very much respect that and and, uh, you know we want to ensure that we always do the right thing um you know i think also the things that you know will, will drive business forward is having direct relationships with uh you know the drinking public uh we also see a situation where yes emphasizing quality and not out of desperation looking at discounted pricing and um, it's going to be a tough time as people have a lot of stock out there you know when the market fires back up again and uh, you know certainly we'd find it you know sort of uh, unhelpful if a lot of people start dumping you know stock out there uh, and I don't think it does anyone's business good in the long term if, if our if our industry is permanently cheapened uh, as a result of you know short-term understandable you know sort of measures to keep money flowing Um but you know we'd rather not see it and we certainly won't be part of it Um and I think you know a final thing that we would love to see is, you know, a level of kind of professionalism and and, uh, 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 kind of foresight and risk management, et cetera, across brewing businesses, uh, you know I think all of us take the beer and the liquid very seriously uh, but really kind of having complementary skills in terms of the financial management of businesses and the scenario planning in businesses is really important and you know I think this caught us all unawares but you know certainly learning from those lessons is going to be really really important. Kind of final reflection on this is that the art market really will be kind of uh, uh, you know utterly changed uh, by this. Um, we and all others have to do really remain relevant as inevitably people will drink more at home, focus more locally, potentially support businesses that are authentic and speak to them directly. You know, we all have to reflect about what it is that drinkers will be doing in the future very differently to what they were doing, you know, prior to early March of this year. And, um, uh, you know, uh, and one part of what we and others will have to do is, is obviously look at our communications and spend and our marketing and, and where we put our people uh, and then also look at the routes that, you know, once we establish those relationships or we start selling those beers, how those beers get out there um, because it's not just going to be thinking, about placing the same beers in the same pubs via the same distribution routes, uh, you know, it's safe to say that a lot of those things will will be quite changed. Uh, you know, for lockdown for six months and, and there beyond, and that's certainly where we're going to be spending our time over this summer when we're not you know, really trying to kind of um do what we can do to keep money coming in the door, uh, uh, we'll be thinking about how we place ourselves in a good position to uh, uh, take uh, um, a fair share of that new market uh, when and if it comes. But really uh, wish the best to everyone out there in this real struggle, you know, for hopefully survival uh, uh, and out the other end to create a beer industry that we can all be proud of.
0: Our European friends are firmly at the epicentre of the coronavirus Though at the time of this recording, our American cousins aren't that far behind and look close to overtaking us. We hear from Casildo, a Portuguese brewer who not only talks about what the industry faces in Portugal, but gives a wider view of our priorities going into the future, both as an industry and its people.
2: Hey everyone. This is Casildo from Diabos, Portugal. Nick have sent us a couple of questions uh, for his podcast. Uh, about the situation in the world and uh, how this uh, COVID-19 is affecting our business. And uh, so we're going to try to talk a little bit about it. Um, I am the brewer and uh, founder of uh, the Dudiabos Brewery uh, in Portugal. We are in uh, Porto district. Uh, So how this is affecting our business? Well, basically we are stopped. Uh, we're not stopping production, uh, but we basically don't sell any beer for three weeks, which is quite bad. We are a really small brewery, uh, our full production uh, can go up to 3,000 liters of beer in a month, which is quite small, um, and um, so we, we rely a lot a lot on the direct sailings for pubs and for bars and uh, restaurants and everything is closed, everything is shut down. Uh, So we are out of business basically. Um, Our plans forward uh, for the future is basically we going to try to make some online sailing. Uh, Actually it's curious because we were just about to start an uh, investment plan, uh, our new facilities. We're going to move the brewery to another place so we can have like a tap room and uh, um, like at least triple uh, our production. Um, and we caught in the middle of the storm. Uh, so we are just delaying, we're not stopping, uh, just delaying our plans. Um, because I think we, all of us, we have to um, stay positive in this. Um, we 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 know we're going to have a really hard time ahead. Um, we know that um, this is not going to be easy. Uh, this is not just a matter of months. This is going to be an all year lost, because I'm pretty sure that uh, people around the world, um, they are going to be a little bit afraid, uh, for, for, for example, in Portugal, um, people are uh, regular people, you know, they are at home uh, for like three weeks. Um, now the government has post like a layoff system, which means that, for example, a company cannot fire the employees but uh, so they can stay at home, but and, and they only uh, get the paycheck at the end of the month, like, reduced at, like, 70% uh, where the, the government is going to pay part of it. So the, the thing is that the, even, like, if, if in three or four months everyone comes with this maj- maj- majest, uh, majestical idea uh, of like everything is solved, you know, so we can go back to our lives. Um, it's not going back to your to your lives because you're probably not uh, wealthy uh, uh, as it as as it concerns to to financials. Uh, you're not being financially wealthy. Um, most companies, for sure, that for example if you if you were going to have your 30-day vacations many of these days or probably all of these days are going to be turned in vacations so you're not going to be uh, allowed to go out you know and spend your 15 days relaxing time on a beach and you know uh, so uh, i think this is, this is this is going to be honestly a really lost year but um we have to keep moving. We, we, we basically stopped the production uh, because uh, what we have done uh, so far was like to product until we, we um, uh, uh, don't have any more raw material. At this time, we don't have any, any barley, for example, on stock. Uh, so we, 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 we brew everything to the end and we have the beers on stock, you know just waiting for what, what's coming next um so the the the, the people that are, that are at home um, that that probably get damn bored you know um, and now they're like making online parties and everything which is excellent um we, we are really relying on online sailing selling um we, we don't we don't believe that it's going to be enough but uh, at least it's going to minimize the, the problem um about about the, the 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 our supply chain there's two things in here that is one of it is the um, our suppliers so we we don't, we, don't, we don't buy anything now at this moment. Um, we, we just finish our stock, um, and from us ahead, you know. Um, well, we usually we we work directly with our customers uh, most of the time. Um, so I don't think this is going to to to, to change. Um the thing is that instead of us to deliver beer to the pub, we are going to deliver beer to the the, the final uh, consumer um there's, there's one thing that naked ask like another reflection so you know I could spend like one hour talking about it but i I really think that um phew, I think, I hope, I don't think, I hope um, that this could be at least something that um, could be like mind-opening for people around the world, that we really have to change uh, the way we think our society, our economy, our way of life, you know, Um, we should really start think that this kind of stuff is going to happen more and more you know Um, if if you look like for the past 20 years you know this economic crisis um, biological crisis like this COVID-19 stuff and everything it's going to be happening more and more unless we change our habits you know and I mean like all the thing we do, you know, the pollution we do, the the, the food we eat, you know, it, it, it has to stop somewhere, you know. I'm not talking about glo- global warming, you know, I'm just talking about public health and, and public health affects the economic health. Um, so if, if you don't really start to rethink our way of living She's not going to be a good end for us. Um, I don't remember. Um, we, we don't know. We were, we were living golden ages, you know? Like, my father fought in the war, in know, colonial Portuguese War. People around the world, as grandfathers that had fought, like in the Second World War and today probably in many places there are people that are fighting wars in you know Middle East and you know you have to stop and think what you really want because nothing is for granted, you know and I think this isn't concern about the brewing industry, this is concern about everything that's around us and what we want to do with our lives and the lives of our children and our grandchildren and everyone. Um, so, um, hands up, cheers, and together we will fight this. Take care, friends. In this short reflection,
0: Marie Selness from Oxford's Tap Social shares her hopes and fears for the future of the industry and how it's impacting her as an employee and the business for which she works
5: hello my name is marie um i'm a gcb certified brewer by the institute of brewing and distilling in london i am a beer sommelier certified by norwegian beverage academy i've been working in the norwegian bar beer and brewing scene for the last six years so that's a starter um right now i work for Tap Social Movement as an account manager currently furloughed um i have been um uh, i i just moved to the UK i moved to the UK at the start of february um the covid for us was um i'm not speaking on behalf of the company i'm speaking on behalf of behalf of me um uh, though the company has been very supportive and is an amazing it's an amazing brewery. We we're a small social enterprise. We work um, with people who are uh, on their way out of the criminal justice system. Um, it's been a it's been a very interesting time for for us, as it has probably been for all of the all of the affected breweries. Um, we sell most of our beers in bars and restaurants so we don't deal a lot with bottle shops and we did not initially have a bottle shop. It was a bit hard in the start when the government didn't set um, very specific ground rules uh, and just told people to please stay away from bars. Um, And then suddenly there was a scramble where we as everyone else tried to do um, sell a lot of our small pack. Um, but that was us and everyone at the same time, uh, luckily we have a very supporting community um and we care a lot for them. Uh, for the plans forward, it's been it's been quite it's it's always changing right now. you know you need to, um you need to um you need to change with what 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 rules you're given. What they're what what you're told. Um and it's the plans have been constantly shifting for the last uh, couple of weeks. My hopes for where I am in the supply chain is of course that um we can move forward together in not an unforeseeable amount of future um, i have so many friends in this industry that i care deeply for and that are amazingly good human beings and they're all the way in the supply chain from from the from the people that work behind the bar just a couple of, a couple of days a week to people that run them, their account managers, the suppliers, the even even the dray dryers, you know, this, this affects everyone. The brewers, the brewery owners that are just trying their best to take care of their employees. I think everyone is scared at this point. Um, I know in Norway, um, back where I'm from, uh, there is, there is, there is so much uncertainty, and and there is here as well, and I can really feel it. I'm in quite a few groups um, on Facebook, on WhatsApp, with with other industry individuals, and everyone seems to be a bit, a bit terrified right now about what's what's going to happen, and I would really, I would really like um, when we come out of this that most people and breweries actually will come out of it. Um, and that we won't be left with only spoons and, and green king and whatnot. Not that I despise the people that work in those places either, but because we need the we need the diversity that craftware brings and the togetherness. This is a great community. For the people that work here, for the people that buy from us, the people that drink our beer, um, notice it just when I was out delivering that, you know, the people that, the people that buy our beer, they really, they really care. See it when I go around as well. And I think it's the same for everyone. And when you give someone that beer and they're like, this is a great uh, example of an American pale ale. Oh, this is a great oatmeal stout. There's a sense of pride in that. We all have a sense of pride, and I just never. I. I never. I I realized a long time ago that it was big, but I didn't realize for how how many how many levels there is in this industry and how good we are at staying together because I do think we're good at staying together and I do think we're good at supporting each other and I do hope and feel that we're going to get through this and I do feel people will support us. I hope that helps.
0: Finally we look to the end of the supply chain. The licensee while pubs and bars have firmly closed their doors and their cellar hatches, bottle shops and off-licences remain one of the last remaining outlets for sourcing beers outside of the supermarket. And while the UK government has pivoted back and forth regarding which businesses and venues are allowed to remain open, disincluding and then re-including off-licences, many decided to remain closed regardless of having the green light to encourage social distancing. In this last interview, I spoke to Dave Hayward of A Hoppy Place, a family-run craft beer establishment in Windsor. Dave shares how the lockdown has affected the off-trade and running a small business. And even in this short time between recording the interview to publishing this episode, the room is now only operating on a click-and-collect or offering local deliveries. So I'll leave you with a short chat between me and Dave and would like to say once again a big thanks to all our guests this week for sharing their thoughts and reflections with us. Keep your chin up, folks. Brew good and do good. Until next week. Cheers. I'm joined by Dave Hayward from a Hoppy Place in Windsor. Hey, Dave. Hi, Nick. Uh, how are you? How are you? Um, yeah, all things considered, I'm hanging in there. <laughs> you? Yeah,
6: it's, it's about it's about the same for us. Um, absolutely exhausted. Working 18 plus hour days. Uh, redesigned our business completely three times so far this week already. Um, with the Message has gone out from James Calder this morning that allegedly off licences can open. Um, we've, we've now got to decide if that's going to be a fourth, a fourth change, or, or if we're going to stay as delivery only for now.
0: Gosh, so how have you reacted to like each of those changes? Like, cause, I mean, three three times in a week is quite a. You know, um, s- some people don't change their business model three times <laughs> in, you know, three decades, <laughs> let alone uh, <laughs> you know in a week. So. But,
6: so, I mean, last Monday, when, when Boris sent his, his death sentence out to us all, um, I I knew that I had a matter of days to launch an online web sales if we wanted to keep trading and, and try and push what I thought initially was going to be collect in store um, as well as delivery. Um, and as well as that, we saw we got a very, very loyal and, and wonderful set of locals in, in Windsor. So to sort of say, guys, for now, we're still open, but this is what we're doing on social distancing. Please, please, if you feel well um, and you don't know anyone who's been ill, you are still welcome to pop in this week. Uh, we don't know what's happening next, but but please come in. So that, that was step one, um, which, of course, was Monday to um, Friday-ish. Um, Saturday morning, we knew at that point uh, we were off-trade only mm. um, after the announcement that went out on Friday night, which I have to say I'm completely on board with and, and I think he should have just done sooner. Um, from a social responsibility perspective, I think what we've seen is a very slow realisation in the last few days with the almost lockdown that we're in now of people starting to take it seriously. And I think it was his message at the beginning of last week that led to the scenes at the weekend on the beaches up and down the country with thousands of people inches from each other. So so I'm, I'm glad he did what he did. Um, yeah, and that led us to knowing. I had to get the website launched because I anticipated what was going to come next. Um, I think we probably all did, which is the quote unquote lockdown that we now have. Um, We got to a position where the website was launched on Sunday night at about midnight. Um, And actually on Monday, again, the the wonderful people that we have around us, um, we don't normally open on Monday and we did an average sort of Thursday night trade. Um, And then yesterday we, we did more than double what we'd normally do on a Tuesday as well. And that's, I'm not. I'm not putting that all down to my, my, you know, my ability to create a website by by any stretch. I'm putting that down to the community that we have around us. Mm. Um, and I don't know what I'm going to do today, just to, to finish that off. Because now apparently we can offer takeaway service again as as a as an off license, as an off trade premises. And I've got to have a long, hard think about if that's something we want to do or not. If we want to stick to delivery only.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's. I can understand the conundrum that um, small business owners. Who, who are on or off licences are in, you know, with, with the takeaway stuff because, you know, with all the stuff about symptoms and all the rest of it and, and spreading it, and if you don't know, you might not know you've got it. Um, you know, you, you've, you've got all that in your mind and thinking, oh, is, you know, for the, for, for the benefit of the, the health of everyone, you know, you, you want to practice... Uh, I don't like calling it social distancing, physical distancing. Um, yeah. But then on the other hand, you know, you, you've got a very real personal economic problem um yeah. you know and it's it's like you can't separate those two things you know the the, the fight for survival as a human being particularly in the western world and a capitalist society where you need money to to live you need to earn money if you pay people to, to pay them and stuff um, versus all the you know the, the rest of it i mean um i mean how, how have you sort of contended that
6: so we're kind of fortunate although although it's it's tough for me on a personal uh, physical level but i don't draw uh, a salary from the business at the moment i've got a full-time job um, elsewhere um what i was doing for the business is all of the accounts that uh, well the operational side of things the controlling um, the stock movements um the website um uh, getting to buy beer which is the fun part of the job and drink and beer um but we've got my wife and her brother uh, it's a family business who, who are full-time on paye and um Obviously, therefore, I'm impacted that way, because if Naomi, my wife, doesn't have an income, um, we've got a mortgage to pay. So I had to make a decision about that. Um, again, do we close completely or, or do we not? Um, we decided to remain open in the first instance, because we've got a lovely community that we don't want to lose. Um, and I think with the delivery only approach and, and, and very safe, carefully managed uh, in-person deliveries, which I'm doing, Um because A, I'm prepared to put myself in that kind of risk. But it's also it's a very, very controlled risk, according to the guidance that's out there at the moment. You know, it's put the box down, move away two metres or more, and then phone them. I'm not even touching doorbells, you know. So so that's, that's how we're operating at the moment. But beyond that, um, a few things we've managed to achieve. Um, our general manager, who's Jason, uh, my brother-in-law, we have furloughed him now. Um, so he is going to be receiving 100% of his pay because I'm going to give him the 20% top up on what on what the government are uh, going to be providing, which which by the way, I think I'm quite amazed that, that that of that scheme. and I think it's it's a shame that so many big businesses swung the axe just hours or days before that scheme came out because it, it, it would have saved an awful lot of people an awful lot of distress. Um, mm. I am aware of some local businesses that have actually contacted people that they previously said, you have no hours now um, and, and have said to them, well, actually, we've got this scheme. Do you want to do you want, do you want to come and sign some paperwork and we'll furlough you instead, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, beyond 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 all of that, um, fixed costs. What else can you do? We've we've approached our landlord, of course, um, we've managed to get a, a, a rent reduction, not a complete one, but, but he obviously fully understands that it's not as if he's going to be able to rent to anyone else. I think that's got to be an option for almost anyone. You may need to be a bit bullish because of course these guys especially if they're big firms they don't want to lose money but i think they now really absolutely realize they're going to and if you can offer any kind of rent at the moment they're probably going to take that over nothing yeah and especially having to turn over a business in a few months when 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 this changes and whenever that may be um and that's it so you know look at every direct debit that we have look at every fixed cost we have and, and compress that down as much as absolutely possible. So our our fixed costs in total now are just under half of what they were this time last week. And hopefully that's enough for us.
0: Yeah. Do you know, I think one of the amazing things to come out of all this is the resourcefulness of, um, I mean, uh, sorry, I'm starting again. Do you know, I think one of the most amazing things to come out of this is the resourcefulness of, of small businesses and entrepreneurialism. And obviously, I mean, across all sectors, but obviously this podcast is just about the beer industry and everything. Mm. Um, But, you know, it's like you said about putting a website together. It's one of those things that people often put off. It's kind of the um, important but not urgent kind of jobs. And you always think, I'll get around to that at some point. But actually, um, you know, the the fact that people have got their website stores online or they've been doing more marketing and then yeah it's not making the volume in terms of like large pack like cask or keg um but by any stretch but it goes to show that if you market your beer as well and you offer them direct to consumer if you're able and you're licensed and you yeah. have a web shop and stuff that actually people will come to you and buy and i, th- I think it's an amazing thing that um people have found creative ways to do that
3: yeah
6: yeah, completely agree. Actually, you you pick up on a great point with with the license. Um, that announcement today could be a lifeline for a lot of small brewers who who did not have an off-trade license, but mm. of course can now offer collection at the brewery again. Um, so that that's that's fabulous from that aspect. Um, yeah. And but yeah, you, you, you're dead right. It, it's been mental. As I say, I'm an I'm an IT guy. Um, I could have got a web sales channel um, done months and months and months ago, and and always put it off actually then decided never to do it um, after listening to one of your podcasts, Nick, which was the Bearded Beer Baron episode, and, and David saying, yeah, don't compete in that space. It's kind of over-congested, you know. it's So I like, okay, I'll just focus on local. And um, we, and, and then everything changed.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you've got to navigate the landscape that you're in, really. I mean, we've we've, we've gone through a, a severe okay. concentrated dose of disorientation and, and now we've got to re- reorientate ourselves. Obviously, we talked a lot about some some of the negative things that have happened and what off licensees like yourself are having to contend with. But what what are some of the other positive aspects that have come out of all this for you? Well, I've seen um, there's kind of two things. I'd say
6: firstly, I've seen a lot of stuff online around um, the, the the pay it forward hashtag, which I think is amazing just just people doing small things for each other if they're in a position to do so. Um, whether it's you know whether it's a ranger. A drop of food for someone that's vulnerable um uh, or, or medicine or whatever it may be and, and and in our case in the case of a few other little bottle shops it's just you know go around and hoover up some stock from from the breweries that that don't know what they're doing and if they're going to be able to well if they were going to be able to pay their beer duty today for example that's uh, it's a very small thing but that i was able to do which was on monday just go around and all the breweries that kind of supported us in the build up to our launch just say like Give me a few cases. I can pay now. Um, I've got this support from the government. You guys don't yet have anything. Um, so any anyone that's able to to do anything for a fellow human brewery or for a fellow uh, yeah, human being or for a fellow small business, I think we've seen we've seen some of the bad in people, sure, especially with the, the sort of scenes on the beaches last weekend and stuff. But we've also seen a hell of a lot of the good in people.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I um I got sent some beer by a brewery in Devon. Um, the other day just it was just basically a care package being like we just want to send out some beers to to people and and use this time to the maybe expand you know extend our network and stuff um you know we're not looking for a shout out but um by any stretch but have have some beer and it was perfectly timed to run out <laughs> <laughs> um what's your one hope for your side of the supply chain going forward. So, you know, all, all this at some point is gonna pass.
4: People yeah. are gonna
0: go back to market. People people are thirsty. <laughs> yeah. Um and and they will always be thirsty. You know, what's your hope to come out of this disruption? And maybe, you know, it's exposed some of the dysfunctions yeah. in the um off licence trade and the way that the beer and brewery and pub sector operates. You know, and it's and it's a time for a wake up and a and a shaking to occur and and for um, a new way, a third way of doing things uh, to come out. What's what's your hope going forward? It,
6: it, it fundamentally, it, it's a big one, which is enough of the small group I mean, I think we all knew um, there was going to be some turnover in in breweries this year, probably quite a lot. Uh, there, there's so much competition now, and clearly, this is going to you know, resolve that in the, in the most horrible of ways for, for a lot of the small breweries that, that were competing that maybe didn't have the, the, the best strategies in place or were just in overly congested or whatever it is. Um, but we are gonna lose breweries and my hope, especially with the sort of supply chain lockdown that we've got now with a lot of distributors in trouble, um, some of them owing breweries quite a lot of money. M- my hope is that people have got the reserves to pull through this and that the craft beer community we've built up in the last couple of years um, can kind of come out swinging out the other side. You know, Um, there's still good beer available. And a lot of the friends that we've built up since we moved into beer are still around and and trading and uh, can move forward Um, on the, on the macro side of of things as well. um, You know, I don't know how I feel about the fact that that the supermarkets and and, and the breweries that they support, they're they're actually going to probably grow out of all of this massively. Um, I don't know, (laughs) I don't know where this thought is going. But, but if there's some way to, to level the playing field very slightly, uh, I'd love to see what that is. Um, that, that goes for the, the supermarket side and supply chain and it also goes for the managed pubs. Um, you know, the final thought on that is a lot of the big managed pub co's have now offered rent freezes um, for their tenants. But, but some of them certainly haven't. And, um, yeah, <laughs> and I won't get started on Tim Martin either.
0: <laughs> probably best not to. Brilliant. Well, um, Dave, th- thank you um, for sharing about off-licences and, and how, how you're contending with all this. Um, just if, if you've got one opportunity to give a shout out for a particular brewery that maybe you like um, and whose beer you would encourage people to try, which one would it be?
6: Uh, if I had to go for just one, it would probably be Love of Bonds in Henley-on-Thames. Um, so Jeff Rosemary has been in the scene since 2007. Um, he creates, being an American himself, one of the best West Coast IPAs on the market, a proper classic, bright, crisp West Coast IPA. And um, he's someone that I know is is finding this quite tough at the moment. So, so those would be the guys.
0: Amazing. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks for your time, Nick. Lovely to speak to you. Thanks for tuning in to the Hot Four podcast this week. Don't forget we're here to help you get ahead in the brewing and beer business. So hit the subscribe button for more insights into the beer industry. Connect with us at hotforward.beer or through our social media channels at HotForwardBeers. Beers. Until next time, cheers.